Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Beautiful, happy, happy, happy Saturday morning to you. Hope it's going well, and uh, hope you're getting all ready for uh, for the big, big uh, Christmas Christmas holiday coming up next week. Uh, a week from today, we will be celebrating Christmas Day and the birth of our Savior, and uh, we are just uh, thrilled this time of year. What a what a beautiful, joyous, awesome time of year this is. And uh, and a little bit later on this afternoon, we'll actually start feeling a little more Christmassy than we have uh, in in the uh, tropical <laughs> feel that we've had for the last few days. Uh, so those of you who like the warm weather, I'm sorry. Those of you who like the cold weather, you're going to be a little happier this afternoon. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to have some rain blowing through the area. Uh, hopefully, nothing severe. Uh, maybe a few thunderstorms, but uh, just you know, one of those good days to be inside, have a bowl of soup, and just relax and. Maybe enjoy some of those Hallmark movies. Might be the might be the thing to do today. My name is Martin Bamba. That's my buddy Jim Smith right over there. And we are here to help. And uh, the phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. And uh, all topics home improvement related are on the table. Uh, anything you want to talk about when when it comes to home improvement, from the roof to the foundation to everything in between, uh, that's what we're here to help you with this morning on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Um, saw an interesting article this past week that we're going to chat about a little bit on the show today in between calls as, as time permits, uh, talking about how winterizing your house can possibly unintentionally lead to mold growth in your home. And, and, and we talk about this on a relatively regular basis whenever uh, we have callers that uh, ask us about insulating their home and, and especially with foam insulation and what that will do to your home or, or how that works in your home. And, uh, and, and, and we've talked about how completely sealing off your home can lead to mold growth. Well, we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later on in the show. I uh, also want to say that I'm very happy, and, and I'm going to kind of lead things off this morning, uh, with a, a, a brand-new sponsor on the show, uh, a seasonal sponsor that we're going to have right now. And, and I've, I've been listening to Bob talk about this product for a long time, and you have too. And, and in fact, last year, before the, uh, the, the Snowmageddon hit, I went out and I bought – uh, about a dozen of these and put them on my water faucets. I'm talking about the freeze miser. If you guys are familiar with the freeze miser product that Bob talks about all the time, so happy to be speaking for them myself. Uh, it is a, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, piece of equipment and, and it's so brilliant in its simplicity that I, I can't believe that it works so well. Uh, this, this is a, a, a little piece, uh, of equipment that you screw onto your faucet. It's about 
I guess it's about four inches long, five inches long. Uh, it senses the water temperature when it drops below 37 degrees, and it automatically comes on. So the drip rate changes along with the temperature. The colder it gets, the more it drips, and it keeps your pipes from freezing up. And I can tell you that last year, when we got down to 5 degrees at my house, I didn't have any pipes burst that had this this apparatus on them. Not a single one. No problems at all. And it really did work as, as they advertise. I can tell you from personal experience, there's no electricity and no batteries. Uh, it, it's made right here in the USA. has a two-year warranty. And it, it the, the great thing is you don't have to leave your water running, so you're not wasting water. But it does sense the internal temperature and allowing the water to drip until the water temperature drops um, uh, it, it goes up above 37 degrees again, and then it shuts off. So if you want to see something that is truly amazing that will save you time and money uh, and, and, and really and truly is an ingenious device, it's the Freeze Miser. It's the Freeze Miser. It's Freeze, M-I-S-E-R, FreezeMiser.com is where you can go to find out all the great places you can get it. Of course, you can get it at Shades of Green, and uh, that's where I buy mine. But I will tell you what, it is a cool piece of equipment, and I am really and truly uh, thrilled to be speaking for them. Get yourself a freeze miser. And I, I just want to start the show talking about that a little bit because uh, we will eventually be getting into some more freezing weather. We did have a, a brief freeze this um, this past weekend. Uh, got down to about 27 degrees here at the house. And, you know, if, if you have any extended periods of time that you have that freezing weather, you do not want to have a burst pipe in your house. I, I can tell you that. I've never, I've never had one in my house, but I've talked to enough people that have had it happen that I know it's not something you want to have happen to you ever, ever. Uh, brother, how's your week been? My brother, it has gone well. It has gone well. You know, the, every day I'm on this side is a good day. That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just trying to stay busy, and it's that holiday season, and, you know, thinking about the kids and the grandkids, and uh, it's just always so much fun. You well, know, do you, people uh, say, are you ready for Christmas? And I don't think anybody ever is ready for Christmas. You know, it, it, we try our best every year to get, uh, you know, a little more advanced shopping done, and you know, advanced planning and preparation done for Christmas, but every year there seems to be that one or two things that you forget that <laughs> Christmas Eve day you're out there trying to find. Right, right. I think I've probably done more shopping on Christmas Eve than any other single day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten over that. I, I used to do a little bit of that in the past, but I really and truly do not like going out and shopping on Christmas Eve. I, I, I really can't stand it. And, and uh, by the way, this year we, because of the way that Christmas falls, and New Year's falls for that matter, Christmas Eve is on Friday, okay, this coming next Friday, uh, Christmas Day, of course, Saturday. The following week, New Year's Eve, Friday, New Year's Day, Saturday. So two things. Uh, Window World will be closed Friday and Saturday, both this week and next week, uh, to allow our, our employees to have time with their families and uh, and enjoy the holiday season with their families. Uh, but also, because our shows, uh, our show falls on uh, the Christmas Day and Christmas uh, and New Year's Day days, we will not be having uh, a live show on those two days. So we have best ofs running this following weekend, and and then on New Year's Day we'll also be running one. So this will be the last time that Jim and I have a, a chance to chat with you and say hi to you and and visit with you a little bit uh, before we go into twenty twenty 
2022. That's hard to that's hard to imagine. 2022. My gosh, man. Um the year has flown by and and uh I saw a funny meme though about 2022 and 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 it's it's this guy and he's got these big eyes and it says when you realize that 2022 is pronounced 2020 T O O. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. Well, you got to think about that. Uh, Baby New Year is going to tell the old man again, just like just like happened last year. Uh-huh. Baby New Year is going to say, going to turn around and look at the old man that, he, that he's replacing and say, "Hold my beer and watch this." Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping that 2022 is a little more calm and that we actually uh, get through this year uh, a, a little more unscathed than we have the last couple of years. But I, but I'll tell you what, it, 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 if you watch the news and uh it, it's not looking great right now but um you know what i i can tell you this i'm I, I i however you stand on vaccinations i can tell you that i'm very glad that i'm vaccinated <laughs> that's what i can tell you um yep. because the more the more that comes out on this and the more that you see and, and the more that you learn about vaccinations and yes you have to get boosters and yes you have to get boosters with just about any kind of vaccination that that, that you get for any kind of uh, the flu. You you don't get one flu shot and then you're good for the rest of your life. That doesn't happen. Um, so I, I just you know I, I'm I'm very thankful that my wife and I are both fully vaccinated. However you fall on it, it's it's a personal decision and and I and I certainly respect that. And uh, but I would encourage anybody who is on the fence about it to get vaccinated. That's all I can say. Well, the biggest thing I look at is that people sit back and say, well, why should I get vaccinated if I can still get it? Well, because it completely diminishes the case that you have. You know, you may still get it, but it completely diminishes the severity of the of of how sick you get it. it, I don't know. I'm just saying that I had I was vaccinated and I had it and I'm thankful I had it when I did get it because my case was so much so much milder. Uh, right, exactly, and and that's the thing. It's it, it's not a guarantee that you won't that you won't contract COVID. Uh, it is it is only something that is going to help you weather it much better than you would otherwise. And uh, and and I can tell you, I'm a firm believer in that. So absolutely. Uh, and I've I've seen it firsthand. Let me tell you. Um, but listen, we we appreciate you guys listening this morning. Uh, we're here to talk about home improvement, not about that stuff, but uh, just just a few things to. <laughs> few things to get off our chest. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. So let's get right to it. Gary, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. And my house is about 20 years old, and it has composition shingles on it, and I would like to put a metal roof on it. Do I need to remove the composition shingles? How many layers do you have? Is it just a, a single layer of comp, or have you have you roofed over it's before? Just, it's just one, it's one layer. If it's one layer, you can go right over it. All righty, that's what I needed to know. Shouldn't shouldn't have any problem with that uh, at all, Gary. Uh, I, I I would not do it if you have more than one layer, but with one layer, shouldn't be any problem. The only thing is, if we're going over a comp shingle with a metal roof that you definitely want them to run one-by-four stringers because you don't want to set that metal right on top of the comp. That, that's a yeah, well, good, good point on that. Good point on that. And, uh, and, and would you put down red rosin before, or would you, would you consider your, your uh, shingles good enough? 
Uh, no, I would put down red rosin, one by four runners, then put the metal roof on. Okay. There you go. That's that, that's the way I would do it because the, the yeah. grit on those shingles, um, it could eventually work through the rosin and through the into the back of the metal. That's why I would still put the stringers in. Yeah, I, I I would say that that's the very best way to do it. But and and I'm not contradicting what what uh, Jim is saying at all because he's right about that. But I've seen many many instances where where roofs were put down directly over the comp shingles and lasted for years and years and years and years and oh, years. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, the, the the best way to do it is what Jimmy Jim is saying. If if you're on a constricted budget though, uh, I think you'll be just fine if you go directly over. Okay. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Gary. Sure appreciate you calling this morning. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, article that I uh, read this past week that uh, that we, we're going to get into a little bit right now, uh, and, and this is something, Jim, that you and I have talked about a lot on the show. Uh, we've had, had callers that have asked about, you know, insulating their existing homes and what would be the best way to insulate their existing homes if they want to go back in and re-insulate. And although we both uh, agree that uh, that a foam-insulated home is is incredible, uh, very very um, efficient, very tight, but that's that's the problem is that a foam-insulated home is exceptionally tight and and doesn't allow for breathing, and any healthy home has to breathe. Okay, you have to have an exchange of fresh air in your home. Uh, six, so exchange, six exchanges in one 24-hour period. Okay, so there you go. So you want a full exchange six times in a 24-hour period. And if you if you foam up or you completely seal up a home that is not uh, meant for that and you don't have an air conditioning system that makes up for that and, and compensates for that, you can have problems. Uh, and mold growth is one of the one of the unintentional problems that you can have, uh, but there are other ways that you can also uh, contribute to to mold growth in your house, especially in the winter time. And and uh, here are some problems that uh, that are highlighted, and and you you want to recognize before you you know pay the hefty price that happens if you do end up with mold in your home. Uh, so completely cutting off all air sources that as we just mentioned is is a common mistake that people make. Uh, when they prepare the home for for winter, so when you're sealing up your home, uh, the cracks, the holes, the other entry points, it is crucial, okay, um, that that uh, to ke- to keep it warm, of course. But sealing off everything can have very unintended consequences, and and uh, one of the things that might cause air stagnation, which leads to condensation around windows and doors, or or uh, other hard surfaces, and over time lead to mold and mildew growth, growth, I should say. Uh, is is that type of tightening of the house? So you have to have some place where air can get in, where some fresh air can get in, and helps prevent that condensation. So let's say you have a fireplace. Okay, that's one place that fresh air can get in. If your fireplace is open and and uh, your fireplace isn't isn't on, that's definitely a place where fresh air gets in. Um, and and uh, if you don't, uh, what I've seen a lot of times especially in older homes with wooden windows, is people going in and actually caulking the windows shut, actually caulking the perimeter of the sashes of the windows and caulking their windows shut. That's that's a bad idea for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, it, it completely um, 
takes away any kind of air exchange around, and, and you don't necessarily have to have air exchange around windows because if you're opening and closing your doors any amount of time during the day, you're going to get some air exchange there. But it's also dangerous uh, to do that because if you can't open your windows in case of an emergency, you can't get out of them without smashing the window and taking a chance on really hurting yourself. So uh, caulking your windows completely closed is not a great idea. Mold growth is one of those things that can happen. Let's talk about the next one, Jim. Well, and one of the things that can cause mold growth definitely is uh, incorrectly, like you started to touch on, incorrectly insulating. I mean, it's just uh, uh, foam insulation on a home, okay? Um, It's one of the most uh, best ways to seal a home, make a home tight, make the home energy efficient. However, when it's installed incorrectly, it can have the opposite effect. Um, if you tighten the home up too much, you're not exchanging any air, and you turn the house into a moist cave because you've got to have the fresh air and the, the ability to remove the humidity. The tighter the home, the less the unit is going to run. The only way that a unit can typically remove humidity or control humidity is while it's running um don't cover if you're insulating and you're foaming don't co- be careful not to cover the soffit vents um the soffit vents are what help the attic breathe it keeps a flow of air through the attic keeps that air from becoming stagnant in the attic um it can trap moisture in the attic space which can lead to mold growth in the attic and folks once the biological growth starts it continues now be sure to get enough insulation if you're insulating in the attic to cover the entire attic. Any gaps in the insulation can allow the warm air and the cold air to meet. Where warm and cold meet, moisture forms biological growth. You, you, it, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of them. Uh, we were talking about, uh, as we went into the break, we were talking about things that uh, can encourage mold growth in your home uh, in, in the winter months. And what happens is we, we try to, you know, insulate our homes, which we need to do, and, and we try to seal up our homes, which in many areas we need to do. But you want to avoid creating an environment where you're going to create mold growth in your home. And uh, and we've talked about a couple of the things. One is sealing off every single thing in your house and making your home airtight. That's one of those things that can do it. Uh, and then installing improper ins- insulation or, ins- or installing insulation improperly are ways that you can also uh, create mold growth in your home. Uh, another one, and this is one that you wouldn't normally think of, right? Uh, and that is storing firewood inside your home. And and I grew up, right? I grew up in a house where we burned fire to keep the house warm for most of my life. That's that that was the main thing that we warmed our home with was a fireplace or a pot-bellied stove. In in uh, in some instances. Um, if you have areas such as a basement or garage that are prone to temperature and humidity fluctuations, uh, it can contribute to mold growth on firewood. Okay, it's it's much more uh, ideal to store the firewood in an open-sided shed near your property, five or ten feet away from your home, and off the ground with a top cover. Uh, in fact, I've I found this past year, I found these racks on Amazon. Uh, that are really awesome. They were they were not terribly expensive. Uh, fits about a half a quart of wood, and they come with a, a canvas top that slips down over it, and it protects the firewood. And that's what I keep my firewood in. And uh, it can also 
here's the other the other thing you don't think about whenever you think about storing firewood in your house is the pests that it brings into your house uh, because almost all types of wood have some type of wood boring insect uh, at one time or another in them and you can you can bring those into your home uh, along with any other number of of pests that you don't want so that's a good good piece of advice don't store firewood inside your house absolutely not um now you also there's one big thing that if you forget some of the winterizing t- tasks it could cause issues um you know you just need to make yourself a a, a winteriz- winterization checklist um i'll go down and hit a few of these uh clean out your clothes dryer vent if it clogs the moisture will build up and create perfect conditions for mold growth if the bathroom exhaust fan isn't working, replace it with one that removes moisture. If there are water and mold stains around the exhaust fan, better insulation is a good cure. Also, insulate plumbing pipes on outside walls. Waiting until the temperatures fall below freezing could lead to burst pipes and major water damage. And of course, mold growth or biological growth goes hand in hand with water leaks and water damage. All right, all right. So there's a couple of. Well, it is thundering like crazy out here at my house. Is it really? Yes, yeah. it's it's it, it's not gotten to mine yet. Although it is getting a little darker, and I I know it's on the way. I I know that for a fact. Um, so batting down the hatches for a little while. It's not going to be real bad, but uh, we're, we're we're definitely going to be getting some rain here. Uh, let's get back to those phone lines. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning. As we go to Doc. Doc, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning. Can we change gears a little bit? I want to go into the bathroom with the problem. Okay. Sure. Uh, got a commode fixture whatever you want to call it um it does its business it flushes and at times it doesn't and it looks like causes a problem i've been trying different things a new valve system or what have you is there a treatment that needs to be done to open up some holes or something to make it work better or what how old is it um, it's not really that old. Uh, better than ten years old for sure. Okay, better than ten years old. Um, you're here in San Antonio. No, sir. No, sir. We're in Gonzales County. Okay, but you still got that good hard water. <laughs> so well, we um, right out of the river. <laughs> <laughs> so typically, when you see a toilet that has sporadic flushing or that doesn't carry all everything down with it when you do flush it at times. Typically, that is indicative of what's called a calcium shelf being on the inside of the bowl ring. Um, now, you can try to get in there with a like a small pick or a small screwdriver, and you can, if you reach under the edge of that brim, you can feel the little holes in the in there where the water comes out to swirl, right. and you can push up through and, clean, and possibly bust some of that calcium loose by pushing something up through that to bust it loose. But the typical true tried and true solution to that is to replace that commode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just right. and I, I uh, that's when you have to call a plumber and around we've had discussions around coffee tables and they're 
find or else they figure out they can do something somewhere else. I'm sorry, but that's the way we have it around here in a small town. But uh, is there a chance of um, using something like CLR and let it stick for a while? And hope you can try it. You can try it. The only problem with that is that when you put those chemicals into the the you have to put them into the tank so that they'll circulate down and get on the calcium uh, shelf that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. When you do that, as they run through the bowl, a lot of those chemicals will etch the porcelain, and if it etches the porcelain, that means you'll be cleaning that commode on a daily basis um, mm -hmm. with a scrub brush to keep that raw porcelain clean. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I did. Uh, I mentioned. I'll mention this to you. Uh, I had a problem with uh, a, a, a newer facility, and uh, mm -hmm. the float is wrapped around a filler pipe. You know where I'm going with this, right? And, yeah. And anyhow, it slides up and down on the filler pipe instead of having a ball off the side or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I put some vinegar in with that, poured it right on there, and I thought I, I might have helped that out in that there was some light calcium building up right? so it doesn't slide up and down. Now, vinegar right. is not that bad a deal, is it? No. Vinegar no, is it? acetic acid. It's not as bad as some of the other caustic chemicals you can put in. You're right. But it is mm -hmm. vinegar is still acetic acid. So if you yeah. put that in there, make sure that you're not using one of the little blue discs or any bowl cleaner or tidy bowl because most of those are ammonia-based. And the last yeah, thing you want to do is mix any type of acid with ammonia. Yeah, right. I, I do read labels. <laughs> well, we encourage yeah. that. Hey, Doc, so if thanks. you have a blue disc, if you have a blue disc or anything in there, take it out, flush the toilet several times before you put the vinegar in. I haven't used anything like that in ages. It's just okay. Unreasonable. Can I mention something to you, although? Uh, sure. I have had problems with uh, drain, uh, kitchen drain, and I went to using the um, bio. Um, drain cleaners and I've had one and you I'm not gonna give any names people can look them up and they're they're on the shelf if you just read it and um, it tells you to do it about three times uh, in a row so you can get it cleaned out right away that's the wrong way to go you need to get it go at it real slowly because if you do that three times you'll plug yourself up worse than it is because the stuff does work You've got to give it some time to clean itself out. And once you use those bio products, uh, it works real good. Well, any time that you can use something that's non-chemical, I, I encourage it, uh, as, you know, especially yeah. if it works well. Yeah, it's it's a name brand, but you got people that you have your customers, and I'm not going to give any name brands. And like I said, people can look them up, and they're, they're all over the place in any one of your box stores or what have you. Sure, sure. But I appreciate sure. the help today, guys, and Doc, keep up the good work. Appreciate the appreciate the input this morning. Thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, 210, you too. Have a Merry Christmas and a, and a very prosperous New Year, okay? Martin. Yes, sir. Martin, one thing I want to throw out there, if you're looking at the bioproducts, make sure that any bioproduct that you purchase is septic system safe if you have a septic system. Good point. Because Good a lot point. of those bioproducts will kill the natural enzymes that are in your septic system. They will fight each other, and you will 
be spending a lot of money cleaning out a septic system if that, you use that'll the cause wrong bioproduct. That's right. That right. will cause problems. Good point. I uh, hope everybody is getting ready for Christmas and, uh, and, and getting their shopping all wrapped up and, and getting their homes all ready for the family that's coming in. Or if you're making uh, traveling plans, hope you got those all nailed down. And, uh, you know, I, I don't envy anybody who has to fly this holiday season. I really don't because so many delays and, and, uh, and things like that that are happening in, in the airline. Uh, industry right now you just don't know what's going to happen and and uh one of our kids is flying in for christmas on christmas eve and uh, they they did a thing on uh the news the other day that the worst two flying days of the entire season are christmas eve and christmas day and they're flying in on christmas eve so uh you know what do you do it's you get time off for work from work and that's when you can fly and that's all you can do and uh, I just wish everyone safe travels if you are traveling this this holiday season, and uh, and also encourage you to remember why we celebrate. It's it's wonderful to get the gifts. It's wonderful to to have all the great food and all of that. But but remember the reason that we celebrate the season. Absolutely, yeah. And Cole's flying in. Actually, he's flying in on the twenty second. He's coming in a little early, so he should have a little bit easier time with it. We're hoping. He should miss the really bad stuff, but I can imagine that on right. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it's going to be a madhouse. I can I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, but then he, then he flies out on the 2nd of January, the day after New Year. That's going to be a crazy day to fly, I'm sure. That that is prob- That's probably going to be a rough day to fly. I'm not going to lie. That's probably going to be a tough one. Uh, but yeah, you know, what do you do? You can, you, you only have so much time. You get so much time off work and, yep. the, you know, Uncle Sam gives you so much time and that's all you can do. But. It's yep, nice that he. Yep, it is nice that he's. But hey, listen. At least he's making it home, right? That's right. That's right. If he was still, if he were still in Korea, he wouldn't be making it home for Christmas. No, he would not. No, he would not. So that's that's uh, that's the good news in the whole thing. And you know, spending time with the ones you love that that really means everything this time of year. And uh, and and it is it is that time that you kind of count your blessings and you know get close to the ones that you love and and. Uh, Really and truly, it, 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 that, that's what the season is about. It's about loving each other and re- remembering why we celebrate. And uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's that's uh, what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sticking close to home. We got you know most of the kids coming home uh, for the holiday, and we're going to have our grandkids here with us. So it's it's going to be a good time. We're looking very forward to it. Uh, phone lines are open at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten five nine nine fifty five. 55. That's the number to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. And, uh, you know, we we continue. I uh, haven't talked much about it uh, this this time on the show, but uh, we continue to have those delays in our industry that uh, that are not showing any signs of letting up. Um, just, just recently, a couple of days ago, we got word that uh, the, the coffee shop that we're building, and it, it has some delays that have been ongoing, one of those delays, believe it or not, is 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 the meter box, the the meter box from CPS. We're we, we're those are back ordered. Uh, air conditioning system, the entire air conditioning system for this for this facility, uh, still don't know when we're going to get it. Sometime in January, maybe, is what they say. And this is after about four months of delay on on this particular item. So. It, it's happening everywhere, folks. It, it really and truly is. Uh, we know it 
uh, acutely and upfront in the window business and and door business because it's what we do every day. But it's it's by no means the only place that these delays and these supply chain interruptions are happening. And um, it, uh, I mean, when when you can't get a meter, when you can't get a meter loop, I mean that's <laughs> that's something. I, I I really never would have believed it, but. Uh, there is a, a massive delay in, in all of these things. And, and the same thing is happening right now with us. Uh, if, if you were, um, anywhere where the, the front is coming through already, you're probably getting some rain. Jim, what, what is going on at your place? I hear that you're getting a little rain out there. Yeah, getting quite a bit of rain. Uh, lots of thunder, lightning, and quite a bit of rain. So, I stepped outside there at the break for just a second, and it's, uh, it's, it's a little sporty. I think it's calmed down since, we were on the air. Uh, when we were on the air. I could really hear it going nuts out there. The funny but thing it's is, it's calmed down we, a little bit since then. We got a really light shower very early this morning, and we haven't had anything since then. It is getting a little darker here, but uh, out in the Bernie area, we haven't haven't gotten anything like that just yet. But I'm sure it's coming. Sure, it's coming. Um, let's see here. Uh, phone lines, by the way, are open. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five is the number uh, to get in on the home improvement conversation this morning. Um, if uh, if 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 we're not going to get down into freezing range tonight, I think tomorrow we might struggle to get out of the forties. Uh, but I, it doesn't look like it's going to get down below about thirty five, thirty six, uh, even in the hill country. So. I think that we're probably pretty good on the freeze front, um, and then as uh, as the week progresses, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a cold and wet weekend. Uh, that that is for sure. But as the uh, week progresses, we we get warm again. Uh, by man, by Friday we're up around seventy five, seventy six degrees again. And uh, Christmas Day, <laughs> Christmas Day, sunny and seventy five. So, yeah. uh, if, yeah. if you hoped, if you had hoped for a white Christmas, ain't happening this year, not here. Uh, and and I got to tell you, in, in all honesty, after last February, I don't wish for white anything. If I want <laughs> snow, if I want snow, I'll go see it somewhere else. I don't need it here. Amen. <laughs> hey, Martin, I did want to touch on 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 something with the the delays and the um, you know the waiting in restaurants and so on and so forth yeah folks yeah. we just you just can't forget to be human um the folks that you're dealing with in the restaurant they don't have any any control over the delays or the shortages on food or the shortages on staff um i i, I was eating lunch the other day i stopped at a restaurant and there were folks that were just complaining and somebody was walking out the door and just really just just complaining horridly about how many empty tables they had, but yet they still had a 30-minute wait. Folks, you've got to understand, they may have empty tables, but they don't have staff to man those tables, you know, to wait on those tables. So would you rather them seat you and not and be so, able to so, serve you for 45 minutes? Yeah, I, exactly. And, and and that's the thing that you have to realize is they are working within the constraints of the labor that they have. And and I've been and the food it. delays that they have. Oh yeah, I mean, when, whenever you sit down and you see that there are certain things on their menu that you were used to them having before, and they don't have them, it's not because they don't want to sell them. It's not because they don't want to pre- prepare these items and these these dishes. It's because they can't get the products to fix them. And, right. Right. And you know, and and I, I've you know I've seen people get really testy with. Uh, with, with staff in restaurants, I've seen people get up and walk out of restaurants 
when they've been sitting there for what they perceived was too long. And and it's really kind of kind of disheartening because you know th- this is how these folks make a living. They need you there. They they need your right. business. Uh, these restaurants need your business more than ever. They need your business, and and uh, and a lot of pa- a little patience goes a long, long way. And uh, and it's not just restaurants. It's like when you're dealing with, you know, let's say you're having your your house remodeled. Um, I was talking to somebody that it took months to get their kitchen cabinets. It's it's trust me, folks. Your contractor wants to finish that job and get final payment on it as quick as he as he possibly can. It's it's not that he's putting you off because he wants to. So most, we just yeah, it, we just all need to remember to be human. And that's a good point. Whenever whenever something is taking longer than you perceive it should be taking or you would like it to take, and you're upset with the contractor who's doing the work for you, you should remember this: that that contractor probably doesn't put any money in his pocket until that final payment. Exactly. Everything else, everything else up until that point is paying for his labor uh, costs. It's paying for his overhead. It's paying for all of the materials that it took to do the job, and and their part of the project, their profit, doesn't typically come until the end. And and there is no purpose that that is good that would serve them to keep from doing the job in as timely a fashion as they can possibly do it. So, it, it, the bottom line is, if you can just remember. To be kind, just to be exactly. kind, and and that if you can remember that, <laughs> you you got half the battle fought right there. And uh, I, I've seen you know I've seen good things uh, out of this pandemic uh, as far as as people treating people with kindness, but I've also seen some really ugly stuff that has come out of this, and and the demeanor and the disposition of people because of it and and as a result of you know the stress that it's put on folks and it, it believe me i understand it i get it i do but it doesn't serve any good purpose and and uh it it it, it will always make you feel better when you're kind to somebody uh i i don't know that i've ever felt good about not being kind to someone uh, that's it's just not in my nature it's not who i am and and and, and i don't think that anybody uh any normal person gets any pleasure out of not being kind to somebody um but um you know it's it's just again it's a function of the 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 situation that we're in and and the world that we're in right now and we just have to work around it and continue to evolve and change with it and and that's what we we continue to try to do um uh get you get yourself a phone line by the way 210-599-5555 55 is the number to uh, get in on the home improvement conversation. Uh, I, I saw another article this week, and uh, and 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 I and I I had to share it with you today because just the title itself <laughs> was enough to kind of draw me in. And uh, and 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 the article's uh, called 50 Things in Your House That Can ki- That Can Kill You." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought that was just. I mean, you talk about clickbait. That's that's clickbait right there, and uh, and, yeah. and so <laughs> so I, I had to I had to kind of read through it and and see some of these things, and, and maybe we'll go over a few of them. It's not funny. I mean, some some of these things really can't kill you, but um, you know, it's kind of like talking about Australia. Everybody talks about Australia, and everything in Australia wants to kill you, right? Um, after this, you might think everything in your house wants to kill you. But uh, but there really are certainly things that that can uh, 
can cause uh, stress and and danger in your home. We'll talk about those things a little bit on the show as uh, the show progresses and as time permits. Uh, phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation. I uh, want to remind everybody that next weekend and the following weekend, that would be uh, Christmas Day weekend, Christmas Day next Saturday, the following Saturday, New Year's Day, uh, there will be no uh, KTSA Home Improvement Show, at least not the live version. I don't know if there's going to be some special programming going on or if we're going to be running a best of, uh, trying to get the answers on that, but but it will not be a live show. So uh, hold your phone calls next weekend and the following weekend. Uh, time for us to spend time with our families, and, uh, and, and uh, Window World also will be closed next Friday and Saturday as, as well as New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We will also be closed that Friday and Saturday to allow our employees to spend time with their families. And, uh, and I'm sure you can certainly all understand that and appreciate that. And listen, I hope you're getting to spend time with your family, uh, wherever you're listening out there and whoever you are. I hope that you get to spend good time with the ones that you love and a uh, little time away from work and spending time with your family and loved ones and friends and, and, uh, just, you know, just, just enjoying, uh, the joy of the season. Uh, really, really wish that for you and your family. Alex, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my show. Listen to you guys and you every Saturday. And I'm going to give you a little bit of George Thorogood. You have a bad show. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Alex. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Oh, I got to ask about your review after after we get finished with Alex here in a little bit. I got to ask for your review on the George Thurgood show. Also, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. What can uh, we do for you this morning, Alex? Well, what I wanted to bring to your attention, I, I I'm a painter. I paint all over the city, all over, and I've been doing it for over forty some odd years. But I came across uh, some new caulk. Because I use all different types of caulk, and I use the power grab and all this and that, and liquid nails. But I found one that's called an F26. And, man, if you want something to grab on as soon as you touch them together and let go, that's it. Power, it's called an F26. I don't know if you know anything about it. I don't. You know anything about that, Jim? No, I I, call, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks, Alex. F26. (laughs) Yes. Did yeah. you get that? Did you get? I haven't. I haven't heard anything about that. I, I mean, MP1. I've used a lot. Well, yeah, M- MP1 is some powerful stuff, man. That's good stuff. Uh, yep. But no, F, I, I'll have to look it up. I have to check that out. Uh, get yourself a phone line two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we go to Gary. Gary, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, I have a quick question. Uh, I have my house here. It was built in. 2013, and they put on, I think it's called a fiber cement board awning on it on the side, and I think that's what it's called, and uh, it's because it's not wood, and on one corner of my house, uh, like the third and fourth board from the bottom, it's, you can, it's loose about a quarter inch to a half an inch, those two boards. Okay. And I'm wondering, when you press into it, it moves, and I'm wondering, how do I reattach that to the wall without cracking the fiber cement board? I don't mm-hmm. know how they're attached, but you know, you don't see any nail holes anywhere. Well, that's because the nails are on the on the top hem of the piece of siding, and then the the next lap covers the covers the edge as they go up the wall, and that's why you don't see it because because it's hidden underneath there. And uh, and for that reason, it's difficult 
to reattach and and refasten that uh, without taking off several pieces of siding to get to it and do it. Okay, so it's just right on the edge, next to the corner, set of upright the board there on facing with it, and it's and just like the two boards and. And you press two of them in, and it just moves about half an inch, a quarter inch at least. Not a and do you, quarter inch. do you think it's because the nails are, you think maybe the nails are loose, or do you think they miss the studs whenever they uh, attach the the uh, the planks, or why do you think it is that it's loose? I don't know, because, you know, it's just, uh, when you press on the bottom of the board, it moves. And uh, on the top, you know, it doesn't really move when you press on the top of the board where it's, you know, connected. And the one right above it, it'll move too, but... Uh, so it's hard to imagine why it would come loose. Because when I'm I'm out here now and I press the board, huh. I'm pressing on it, moves completely. The whole board, yeah, and the one yeah, you can above it. Just the bottom one moves. Well, you can certainly hear that it's loose. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think the best way that you could get to those fasteners without having to remove, you know, several planks of siding, and because I want you to avoid that if you can. The only way you would be able to do it now is that uh, those boards, uh, those boards, I'm sure, are painted. Yes. The only thing that I could advise you is get a small masonry bit, drill a little hole in the loose section, um, run a little screw or a um, or a nail into the hole that you drilled, and then touch the top of the nail head or screw head touched up with paint, so that it it, it basically hides it. Okay, that's what I was thinking to do, but I was, wasn't sure. Is that is there a sheet of plywood behind it there? I forget how they what they put it on. Well, that is, huh? that depends on your builder. There there are many times, depending on the builder, where they will not put decking up and they go directly to the studs. And and if that's the case, then you you definitely have to hit stud to to ensure that it's fastened properly. Uh, I don't know who your builder was, so I can't answer that. But um, but but that's that is a possibility. But if I put the drill that hole right right next to the end of the siding there, you know, about a, like an inch, would that catch whatever stud back there? Do you think or what? Uh, yeah, if it's if it's an inch from the end, you're gonna you're gonna catch the corner stud for sure. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna try to do that then because I don't know what else to do with it because it's just on the just on the end of the board, not in the middle of nowhere else. It just seems you know, right on the end of the board. Well, that that should take care of it for you, and uh, and just a little caulk and a little touch up will do you. It'll be fine. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to drill a little small hole in there first so it doesn't crack the whole thing. So I know that I've left over pieces, and I put them, you know, and I carry them. I drop them, and they just crack right in half sometimes. But they're seven years old, so maybe that's why they crack when I drop them. The no, it's it's because it's a brittle product. And, and if, you, yeah. if you're not careful, you can't crack it. So definitely uh, drilling a pilot hole is going to be important for you there. Okay. Okay. I'll try that. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Gary. We appreciate you calling this morning. Thanks for being a part of the show. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. Yeah, that's one of the particular things about, uh, about fiber cement is that it, it does crack relatively easily. And, uh, and if you're not real careful brand with new. it. Oh, yeah, brand new. It has nothing to do with the age of it. It has to do with the composition no. of it. And, uh, if you drop it, if you if you flex it in the wrong way, it's going to crack. And uh, and I've seen houses that had foundation problems, and and I mean you can see cracks running all up the the um, the, the fiber cement. And the other problem with it is the the weight. If you're not fastened completely properly, and you've used uh, nails that are not ring shank nails, or you or you didn't use screws, they can work loose over time. 
and that's what he's experiencing on his house right now. Oh yeah. But uh, but the, I mean, the good news is it can be it can be shored up, it can be fixed. It's just going to take a little touch up whenever he's done. You can't you can't get to the uh, the fasteners if they've done it properly. Now, for years down at the coast, whenever you would put on fiber cement, uh, and I and I think that there I think that their requirements have changed somewhat over the years. But but several years ago, you had to face nail everything. And it was just crazy. You would just see these nails all along the face edge of of fiber cement, and it looked terrible. It just looked horrible. And uh, and I think that they I think that they revised that, and it's not required anymore. But I know it was I know it was still required when Harvey through Harvey they were still face nailing Hardy at that time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and I could be wrong. Maybe it is still required, but. That's you know that's just one of those things that uh, that's a particular of that product that I didn't didn't so much care for. My name is Martin Bomba. That's my buddy Jim Smith right over there, and we are here to help. And you know during the week, uh, if you if you want to drop a line to either Jim or myself, uh, we will do our very best to get back to you in a timely fashion and answer your questions. Uh, email is always the best way to get a hold of us, uh, and Jim's email is J Smith at windowworldtx.com and you can drop me a line at 210 uh, you can drop me a line at mbomba that's m-b-o-m-b-a at windowworldtx.com um, before we went into the break I, I had mentioned uh, this article that I had been reading uh, about 50 things in your house that can kill you I found it intriguing and and, and uh, interesting and thought we might go through a few of these things just to not not to bring you down but uh <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's a public service announcement, if you will. There you uh, go. There you go. Yeah. So, so some of these things, uh, some of these things are, are pretty, pretty self-explanatory, and and you probably know already. And then some of them you you may not even think about. So, the first one on the list is is a household plants, and this time of year, uh, one of the household plants that many households have, including ours, is poinsettias or poinsettias, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, but poinsettias are are very poisonous to animals, and uh, and and you don't want your dog or your children to get a hold of that. And uh, so, whenever you have certain types of plants like daffodil and iris and and ivy, uh, if you ingest those, they can be very dangerous to your pets and to your children. So you want to keep these outside of you know the reach of of your pets and your kiddos. Um, the next one. It lint in the dryers. Now, this is a big one, folks. Um, the U.S. Fire Administration says that uh, dryer vent fires, failing to remove the lint from dryer vents, causes 2,900 fires annually. Now, uh, it, it over, over 100 injuries that could be simply, simply eliminated by keeping your dryer vents clean and the lint filter in the dryer keep those clean every time every time uh let's talk about gas ranges okay carbon monoxide we know especially this time of year because of of gas heaters and uh and things of that nature gas fireplaces that are improperly uh exhausted and things like that uh but year round your gas range uh can be dangerous if it does not have an exhaust vent or you don't use that exhaust vent whenever you utilize your your range. Uh, if you have a gas range, always operate your exhaust vent whenever you use it, and by no means should you ever use your 
range to heat your house? Absolutely not. You have to remember, folks, that uh, carbon monoxide is the leading cause of poisoning death in the United States. And and in the wintertime, it's, it's just exponentially worse. Yes. And now even remember, knives are a weapon. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. everybody makes the jokes about assault weapons. A knife can be an assault weapon if you assault somebody with it. Um, but even the best knives that you have, they can cut you seriously. They, they seriously can. So you just have to be very careful. They're sharp. One little misstep uh, could cause severing of a nerve that could ultimately lead to some very bloody consequences. Um and best you teach your kid and show your kid how to safely use a knife. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 again, this time of year, you may have your kids in the kitchen with you, working on you know preparing the Christmas meal or what have you, or fixing cookies and things of that nature. And they're not normally in the kitchen. You want to make sure that they're safe when they're in there working in the kitchen. Uh, extension cords. Again, this time of year, extension cords are being used in places and, and on things that they're not normally used on throughout the rest of the year. So if you're running extension cords uh, in, in, in areas where you don't normally wouldn't use them or you haven't used them for a season, be sure to check them and make sure that they're not cracked or frayed. Uh, put them away when they're not needed so you don't have trip hazards around your house. And if you're using them outside... I would tell you to make sure that you weatherproof the connections with, with electrical tape or some type of a junction box that you can buy this time of year uh, when you're running it out to your lights. Also, folks, keep in mind with extension cords, make sure that you're using the proper gauge cord for whatever you're plugging into it. Um, the cords themselves are going to give you the wire gauge and typically tell you about how many amps they can pull. But a very quick way to see if you're overpowering an extension cord Plug it in for 5 to 10 minutes. Feel the cord. Feel the connection where you've plugged into the cord. Feel the length of the cord and feel the connection where it's plugged into the wall. If any of that is getting warm, then you've got the wrong size cord. Ex yeah, exactly. Uh, here's another one, electric blankets. This time of year, uh, my wife loves her electric blanket. Absolutely loves her electric blanket. But um, electric blankets and heated bed pads uh, can cause reproductive problems and cancer. Um, I, I was not aware of that. Uh, the National Center for Biotechnology Information also revealed that two people have died from heat stroke as a result of an electric blanket. So if you're using an electric blanket, use it wisely. Don't overheat yourself with it, and uh, and just be careful. Now, Martin, why did you skip that one? I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay. All right. Toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Toothpaste goes in your mouth every day, sometimes several times a day. At least I hope it does. So what could the danger be? Right on the label, you'll find a warning. Seek immediate medical help if you ingest toothpaste. Consuming too much can cause intestinal blockage. Uh, Medicine Plus notes that if it has fluoride in it, it can even cause a heart attack. Toothpaste, I'll stick, to the, I'll, I'll stick to my Andy's candies. I don't need toothpaste. That's that's uh, that's who eats toothpaste, really and truly. Uh, let's see here. Flat screen TVs. This is one you wouldn't think about, right? Um, according to a study published in uh, the Journal of Pediatrics, more than seventeen thousand kids were taken to the ER uh, between ninety and two thousand eleven each year. Okay, 
uh, with television tip-over related industry uh, injuries. So if you have a flat screen TV, be sure it's mounted on the wall. It's not sitting on a stand where they can reach up and pull it over on them. That can be very, very dangerous. Yes. Magnets. Magnets aren't something that usually comes to mind when you think about dangers in the house. But small magnets can be ingested and can stick together and trap and encompass portions of the bowel between them. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, this can potentially lead to perforation, can't pronounce that one, sepsis, and bowel obstructions in children. Check, uh, yeah, it just, you know, the refrigerator magnets, it's great. Everybody's always had the little um, alphabet on the refrigerator that the grandkids come over and play with. Just make sure that they're, they're age appropriate. Uh, that's you know that's great advice for anyone who has small children coming over to the house and and again it's that time of year you have relatives that may yep. be at your house that are not normally at your house you normally don't have to child proof your home uh, because there aren't little ones around your house but this this time of year just pay close attention to the things that the little ones can get a hold of and put in their mouths and and that can cause some some real health issues uh, for children the next the next one we were talking about oh uh, Don had a question off the air from a from a caller off the air that had a question about finding his cutoff valve for his water supply in his house. Uh, some time ago, it got covered up somehow, uh, grass, dirt, or, or whatever, and he can't find his valve. Is there a way to trace that back and find that cutoff valve? Typically, the best way to do it is going to be with a pipe detection, um, which would be a company he would bring out to detect the pipes uh, in the yard and where they come into the house. One little hint you can always look for is wherever your water heater is at. Typically, the incoming cold water supply is going to be somewhere adjacent to the water heater because the water heater is the first thing that is typically fed off of the cold water supply. True, true, but that's not going to help you find the main cutoff. It's, uh, uh, the main cutoff, the, the best thing you can do for a main cutoff is cut it off at the meter. That's I what mean, I'm saying, though, is if you can't find the meter. I think that that's the problem is I don't think he knows where the meter's at. Oh, goodness. Then yeah. how do they read his, then how do they read his meter to charge well, him for water? Well, just because they can read his meter doesn't mean he knows where the meter's at. The best thing I can do is time to call his water, his water supplier. Yeah, they there come you go. Out, They'll come there out and go. do a free location for him. They don't charge to locate pipes for you or, or locate valves for you because they don't want you cutting it. Well, there you go. There you go. There's your answer. Uh, so... Uh, let's see here. So a I few thought more you things. were talking about a valve on the house itself. No, no, no. The main main supply cutoff from from the city would yeah. be the yeah, and that's that's where I would recommend if you're going to cut water off to your house, that's the, the best place to cut it off. Um, it's the easiest place to cut it off typically. Uh, let's see here. So a few more things that uh, that you might want to look out for in your home that could cause you damage if you're not careful. Uh, your range hood, your range hood. Uh, Literally, millions and millions of people are routinely being exposed to air pollutants at levels that we don't allow outdoors inside your house. So uh, carbon monoxide, nitrogen di uh, dioxide problems, uh, absolutely a problem indoors, right? Uh, the key to design stove range hoods that are more effective, uh, since most of the ones in use today are generally inefficient at capturing pollutants and transporting them outside, that's one of the things that uh, that manufacturers are constantly doing is trying to develop better range hoods that actually pull all of these things out of your house, not just odors. Um, yeah, but you also, you also need no. to be careful when you're cooking that you don't get sucked up into it. 
<laughs> that's when you know it's that's when you know it's too powerful. Whenever it pulls a shirt off you, that's that's not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, uh, mothballs. Now, I can't imagine someone sucking on a mothball like a like, you know like a gummy a gummy gumdrop. But uh, mothballs are the old school way to keep seasonal clothes and linens from being damaged. Um, mothballs contain naphthalene which is categorized as possible human carcinogen by the EPA. But I can assure you mothballs also contain ammonia, and ammonia is definitely poison. So definitely keep them away from small children. Again, as Martin said, guests coming over, grandkids, kids in the ho- at the holidays. Just be careful. Be careful with what we may put around as adults. We're never going to mess with it, but that doesn't mean a child or a pet won't mess with it. That's right. That's right. Hey, we've got a few minutes left. We've got one caller uh, on the line that we need to get in before we get out of here. Let's get to Steve. Steve, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, I just wanted to kind of let you and everyone know that you've got to be careful cutting off a meter at the city side or at the provider's side of the meter. Generally, that's the only cutoff that's going to be provided on the street side of the meter because if you damage it or break it, they will whack you pretty good for that. So they can find the meter for him, but if he doesn't have a cutoff on his side of the meter, on the house side of the meter, uh, then he needs to get one installed because you generally are supposed to have either the city shut off the water main at the me- their side of the meter uh, or you're supposed to have your own cutoff. They can shut it off so you can install your own cutoff, but you've got to be careful. Some of those meters haven't been shut off in a long time. You go to twist it and you bust it, it can be very expensive. And and listen, Steve, I'm not denying that that can certainly happen, but in the 30 years of cutting those off, I've never even come close to damaging one. It's you, I mean, you can't be a bull in a china closet, but if you have the right tool... And you're gentle. Uh, I, I've never had a problem with it, but you're right. You should have your own cutoff. But if you don't, if you don't, that's going to be the place where you're going to have to cut it off. I was a Class C water operator for the state of Texas for about seven years, and I guarantee you it happens. Oh, it, it definitely can happen, no doubt. Hey, Steve, thanks for calling this morning. We appreciate it. want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a very healthy, happy, and prosperous New Year. And I can say... We'll see you in 2022, everybody. Thanks Feliz for listening. Navidad. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.